0: This is Sergio with FighterPath.com. I am really excited today. I'm going to try not to freak out too, too much. I am joined by martial arts and combat sports royalty, Mr. John Wayne Pyre. How are you doing? Hey, I'm very well, thank you. So first things first, man. I'm over in Canada, so right now everything here is kind of like in standstill. One minute we're open, one minute we're closed. You're on the other side of the world. What's life like there? Uh, Since uh, probably April
1: last year, everything's been perfect. It's just uh, business as usual. But uh, only in the last probably two or three weeks, Sydney's just had a second wave. So uh, we're getting like 100 cases a day now. It's like, ah. So it's a bit of a pain in the bum. Uh, where I live is okay for now. Uh, and then Singapore, uh, with the one championship, a lot of the fights are held in Singapore. And now Singapore is pretty much closed for this time. Um, a lot of the gyms are closed also. So hopefully business back to normal soon-ish. And then uh, I heard Singapore is gonna start changing their rules though. They're gonna start treating a bit like an influenza. So they're going to have no more masks, no more quarantines, just let everyone run it and uh, just see what happens. So it's going to be very interesting.
0: Yeah. I You have it a little bit different than most competitors because you do also own a gym. Um, so yes. not only, you know, can you not train, but you're also not getting, you know, people coming in. Um, like you said, it's been open for for a while now, but overall, what's the impact been like on, on your students? That's been amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm more busy than ever. Uh, we <laughs> had a
1: two-month lockdown at the start of, 2020, and then I think because everyone was locked inside, uh, they have a different appreciation for uh, keeping fit and staying healthy now. So it's been really good for business. Um, and then I also started incorporating uh jiu jitsu into the gym as well. So we have a jiu jitsu program, moito program, boxing program. Um, yeah, I couldn't ask for a uh, better. Who, who said violent wasn't the answer? It's definitely the answer. It's awesome.
0: I love it. I love it. I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your recent fight. You you, you fought Nicky Holskin, um, someone else who's very, very decorated. What was that experience like to to be able to share uh, share the ring with him?
1: Oh, so cool. Uh, I've been following Nicky for uh, multiple years now. Uh, I know he was a student of Raymond, and Raymond was my favorite fighter. Uh, I always had this feeling that our paths went across one day, um, watching him fight a lot of the same guys that we both fought. We had a similar opponents in... Uh, common so uh the only thing that really sucked was i had hip surgery a year ago and then before that my last kickboxing fight was august 2019 so it'd been uh 20 months since my, my last kickboxing fight and then uh just just didn't feel on when you fight regularly every few months you, you feel like the eyes in and yeah you um uh, uh, but yeah because it's 20 months it's a long time and then uh yeah, I just felt I didn't, wasn't quite sh- sharp enough. Uh, I just want to try and stay regular if possible. But uh, also coming back from hip surgery too, I had a hip replacement in uh, uh, July, first of July, so it's been a year now. Um, so I was with, it's been 10 months from surgery to the, back in the cage again, competing against number one guy in the world against Nicky. So hopefully I can be that guy that all influence people that are getting major surgeries that are just because you're something done doesn't mean you can't keep living your dream. So uh, yeah, the gym's not going to chase itself. So. You got to get after it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and one of the things is, like you said, Raymond is someone that that uh, that you were close to, someone that you you wanted to compete against. You never got the opportunity to compete again against him, but you did get the chance to compete against a protege of his. Uh, th- was that special in any way?
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, the whole lead up. This, this was my Raymond play. fight. Uh, I consider Raymond. I, I, I Raymond's, of course, the the king. But yeah, for the last probably five years, 10 years, Nicky's been right up there, and then um, he's been dominating and knocking out everybody. So uh, for me, it was a massive honor to share the cage with Nicky, he's such a nice guy, uh, and it's just a killer too. So uh, when there's a draw, just to have his name on my resume is uh, very important to myself, because um, I, 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 when I retire, I want to look at my resume and, and make sure that I didn't miss anybody. So even if I lost, it sucks, but at the same time, like. I can't, no one can ever question my credibility in the sport.
0: Absolutely. Um, And you did talk about that layoff. You talked about the hip surgery, but something else was not ideal, was not being able to have a trainer there, your own trainer. Um, How did you adapt to that circumstance?
1: Uh, We were lucky to have that. there's a Thai gentleman that that lived in the Sunshine Coast, which is about uh, two hours from where I live. So I got him to to come and live with me for six weeks. I helped prepare. Um, It wasn't the it was okay, but it wasn't my, my usual standard. So a bit of a bummer. Um, at the same time, I, I can't complain. I was fit. I was strong. I, I felt good. Um, just yeah, getting kicked in the head's bad for the bad for the uh, brain, I guess.
0: <laughs> and uh, and obviously, one of those things that was brand new was you got to compete for one FC um, and also on TNT, which means new exposure to the North American market. As someone in Canada, it was huge for me to be able to watch it. Um, What does that mean to you to finally be able to kind of, you know, be able to showcase your skills in front of a new market? Oh, I'm
1: so excited. Uh, I'm very lucky. I think out of uh, all the promotions that I fought for, I fought Lumpini, Rajan and Dern, King's Birthday, uh, Contender, uh, Super League, K1, and now the opportunity to fight for for one championship is just um, it's a dream come true. I, I can't believe how, how lucky I've been in my career. Um, just um, I don't without blowing my horn. I don't think there's anyone that's uh, done as 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 much as I have in the sport. Um, I feel so honoured to, to still be 45 and still active and still competing against the best and still fighting for the number one promotions too. So it's it's a uh, it really is a, a dream come true.
0: Yeah, you did say, like you said, you've competed, you've done so much already. That being said, what is left? I mean, you're coming up here, you're, you're one away from a hundred wins, you've won multiple world titles, you fought hundreds of times. What's left for you to achieve in the sport? Uh, just the being
1: in camp, there's no better feeling as, as uh, having a date. So let's say in two months time, you match with this person. And then for that, that next two months, every single morning you are waking up with a purpose, uh, you, you're hanging with the boys, you're doing your runs, you're doing your pads, you're doing your sparring. And every time you, you put your head on the pillow at nighttime, all you're concentrating is game plans and um, aspirations of where you wanna go and everything else. And then uh, once you sort of, I, I retired twice, and once you retire, you just lay in bed and, and there's no, there's no date, there's no excitement. There's no adrenaline pumping through the system. It's just, just like, uh, I'm gonna heads them tomorrow for the boys. but. It's not the same as going walking looking in front of a crowd and knowing there's a possibility that you could get seriously hurt or or the the highs of, of winning a by knockout so um yeah there's i, I just want to keep going as, as long as i can uh two more fights i get to pay my house off so the idea of being able to um chase the dream and, and to show my kids and my friends that uh look i i i, I backed myself and i followed my dream and now I own a house from, from something that I'm passionate about. So why, why get a job that you seriously hate, where you can do something that might not make you rich at first, like might not it, make you rich ever, but if you can get to the stage where you can have enough skill to go on and teach other people, that, and they can become a champion. So it, it all works in a, in a crazy circle, but um, you're better off doing something that you love and maybe not getting as much money, but at the same time, at least you're ex- happy to go there every day. It's not like working. It's like hanging out with your mates and just having fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, that kind of uh, leads into my next question. I mean, 30 years now that you've done this sport and you've retired, you've come back before. Was was it like, did you feel like in a way like you retired because you felt like you were reaching a certain point in your career where it was uh, time? Or was it loss of passion? And if so, like, has that passion ever dipped? Have you ever kind of lost interest at all?
1: Uh, so the first time I retired was 2012. Uh, yep just um, just burn out. I, I've been training nonstop, been in Thailand, I was traveling the world. I uh, had a few injuries that were quite niggling and just, just, just over the whole process. And then uh, after about six months after retirement, I discovered, oh man, I, I miss it so much. And then when I came back, I was more dangerous because now I'm doing it because I want to do it. I wasn't doing it because it was a job. I, I wanted to do it because this is amazing. I, I love being out on the road, running with the boys. Uh, I just love the whole process, not just the flight. The flight's fun, the flight's are the best, of course, but just that, that whole 10 weeks of watching yourself gradually get fitter and fitter and the body transforming, getting more muscles um, and, and by the end of um camp, you're just looking strong and ripped and you know you can do 20 rounds on the pads and you're not going to gas out. It's just such a, a unique experience to, to, to transition from that first day to that last day of camp. It's so rewarding.
0: We talked a little bit about your hip um, as well as some of the injuries, but what is the current status of that hip? Obviously, you were able to compete, but is it is it back to
1: 100%? Yeah, it's amazing. There's no pain whatsoever. Uh, the only thing that hurts is road runs. So I bought one of those, uh, like a treadmill, it's an air runner. It has no engine. It's just on a drum. So you got to use your own legs to power the, the treadmill to spin like a hamster. Uh, and then hopefully that will help me do uh, more cardio and more sweat, and drop my weight a bit easier. I miss the road runs because where I live on the Gold Coast is, is on the beach, so uh, we have the headlands and the guys surfing. So as you're running, you're watching the guys catch the waves at the same time. It's just brilliant. It's so cool. It's a um, paradise.
0: I'm a I'm a former swimmer. Did you do any sort of water work when you were uh, injured with the hip to to kind of not put pressure on the hip? Yes. Um,
1: so there's a rehab center just near where I live. is uh, it's a it's a water treadmill. Um, it's, it, it was on my uh, social media. Uh, so they the, walk in the treadmill. They close the glass door. behind you, they lock it up. The, the water fills up to that your, your chest. And then uh, I was doing uh, 10 kilometers in 45 minutes on, on the treadmill. It was um, and then because you have that resistance, so uh, driving a lecture through the water is at at a high pace is. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot tougher than normal training, but it's, it, was, uh, it, was, it was it was really cool. It's a good good device.
0: One of the things that uh, that I wanted to talk about here is um, my family comes from a soccer background, and we're all passionate about the sport. Your family is very similar, not so much with soccer, but um, with with combat sports in general. What's it like seeing your daughter Jasmine uh, pursue your legacy and continue on and, and, and do uh, exactly what you did?
1: That's amazing. It's so cool. She's been Italian three times. She's had three fights over there. And uh, yeah, just to see her create her legacy through through the sport, uh, I couldn't be more proud because uh, I know how much enjoyment it, it brings to travel overseas and to uh, to walk out and have people know your name in a different country. It's such a buzz. It's so cool. Um, yeah, and then uh, my my so Jazzy's eighteen with twenty seven fights. My my young son, he's uh, thirteen. He's had seven fights and about fifty jiu matches. He's he's right into the BJJ now. And then i also have a, a seven-year-old daughter who's had about probably 40 jutsu matches also and uh she wants to fight end of this year while she's seven so the first two kids fought when they're eight and then my youngest goes i want to be the coolest kid in the family so i want to try and get his fight out before i turn eight so uh if she does that she'll be the, she'll be the new queen of the house <laughs>
0: that, that's uh that's funny what i love though is is they all kind of started really really young i can only imagine as a father watching them go out there and fight when they're eight years old or seven year old, uh, regardless of whether it's jujitsu or uh, kickboxing or Muay Thai or whatever it happens to be. What's it like as a father uh, experiencing that from, from that point of view?
1: I don't know. It's cool. it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, so what happens uh, because I own a gym, every single day, the kids are at the gym just as much as they're at home. So for them to see people hitting the pads and the spa and, and to everything, it's just, just normal. So, it is, and then I, uh, and then the gym's is also like the ultimate playground. You've got the cage, you've got the bags hanging off, you've got the ring, uh, all the equipment, they just have so much fun. Um, so to see them slowly getting into it and then to take that into from a bit of fun, to get a little bit more serious, to ask them. We'll, 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 we don't push the kids, we ask for them to ask us if they want to compete. And then um, once they say that, yes, and then we, we have to push them a little bit harder, uh, which they enjoy. And then uh, just to see the the smiles in their face with they like, get the victory and then to bring home a trophy. And uh, it's it's, um, it's it's very, very, very proud.
0: I spoke to uh, Wonderboy Thompson, who, who is very credentialed as well in his own right. And he started at 14, the same age you did. And uh, he talked about the nerves he experienced that first time. Going out there at 14, he fought a 26-year-old. I know it's hundreds of fights ago, but what was that first experience like, if you remember it? Oh, it's
1: terrifying! Uh, I was yeah, fourteen. I was in year ten at school. Uh, so the fight was on a Thursday, which was weird. So I had my fight, and then on the next day I had to go to high school. And I had a little bit of black eye and a little bit of a sore leg, and I had the limp. And everyone's asking, me, "Oh, what happened? What happened?" Oh, I had a kickboxing fight last night, and then yeah, all of a sudden I had this uh, new stardom in in the school. It was amazing. So this this is the best feeling ever, and um, people. People respect the fighters um, straight away. As soon as you tell them like, yeah, you had a fight, uh, you just watch it. everyone's demeanor change. It's um, and then just the rush itself to, to get out there in front of the crowd. Uh, I lost on um, points, but as I was walking back to the change room, one of the gentlemen in the change room in, in the crowd is like, "Way to go, Wayne!" And then the, the whole crowd gave a standing ovation, and then it, I just felt like I was walking on a cloud all the way back to the change room. And then uh, when I got home, my mom didn't go to the event, she was too scared to watch her get hit. And then I was like, "Wow, what do you think? Oh, this From this day forward, this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. She goes, oh, you've had your one fight, and you've got to play. Uh, surely you want to do something else now, time to get a job or be an apprentice. It's like, no, oh, this is the best, oh, this is all I want to do. And then um, went to Thailand for six minutes, came back, and then uh, she goes, oh, you've had your fun again. You've got to experience that all right you're, you're 19 now it's time to settle down you need a you need something to fall back onto and as, as if, this, if the fighting doesn't uh work out as much as you want it to it's like oh, i'm all in I, I don't have a plan b this is all i want to do it's either going to work or i'm going to make it work. there's there's no two ways about it um so i don't know sure if you know about my background too much but uh, when i moved to thailand yep. uh, i was living on a wooden floor for four years uh, i was having no shower uh, I just had to use a bucket to rinse on and soap up and rinse off. Um, training six, six and a half hours a day, uh, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, um, and fighting killers. So, uh, and, and to hold your own against something that's had three hundred fights and renowned around Thailand, and all of a sudden, you've a one or, or at least given a good fight, all of a sudden you're getting pats in the back by the ties, and it's like this is the greatest feeling ever. So. Um, and then when I come back to Australia, I always going. you want to get a, a normal job? It's like, no way. Not that very <laughs> experienced in the adrenaline of all that i just come back from. So um, And then now she just laughs. She goes, I'm so glad you did listen to me. I'm so glad you followed your dream. So, yeah, now, now, now it's just funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like looking back uh, at that 19-year-old who moved there, spent four years there, and ultimately fell in love with the sport. Now, I mean, you're still competing but you also have a different perspective. You're you're a coach. What's that transition like being both, you know, obviously when you were 19, 17, it was go, 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 and and you weren't worried about injuries. Obviously as a coach and as a father and a mentor, I'm sure your mentality has changed. What's that mentality like as a coach?
1: Uh, Yes. um, So I I lived in Thailand in the – 99 moved back to Australia, opened my own gym. So for the last 21 years, pretty much been been a head trainer, plus my own trainer. Uh, yeah. And then watching the guys come in that don't know how to throw a left, right, and all of a sudden, um, they're competing or fighting for a belt. Or, or my own kids, for instance. Um, yeah, you just got to just uh, take the friend hat or the family hat off and put the trainer hat on and just try and uh, do your best to make sure they're successful. Um, Pushing hard in the gym, uh, making sure you're doing. Uh, so I've pretty much taken the the same um, training module from Thailand and sport it to Australia, and we just did the same stuff here that I was doing over there, and and it seems to be working.
0: I know you talked about incorporating jujitsu, um, and I know I know uh, you know you haven't done any MMA fights, and maybe that at this stage that's not something you'd be interested in. But is that something that you kind of wish you had discovered a little earlier in your career? Maybe, maybe MMA. I
1: know. I like what I'm doing. I like, I like being the Muay Thai guy. Uh, I love watching MMA and I love uh big fan of like all the guys that are going there and putting everything on the line, but uh, I like Muay Thai. I like striking. Yeah. If I was to retire from Muay Thai tomorrow, instead of going to MMA, I'd boxing. Uh, I love being on my feet. Um, and I get hurt a lot in Jitsu. Every time I do a class or something happens, I hurt my finger or hurt when my... something happens, I get kneed in the face. From jiu-jitsu class so i do all the muay thai stuff no, not a drummer i do jiu-jitsu it's like ah injured again that sucks <laughs> yeah so I've, I've come to the uh, conclusion that uh, i'm no no more jiu-jitsu just, just for now just because i'm i'm making so much money with one championship i'd be crazy to shoot myself on the foot doing something for free where i could be making g- good money and staying in one piece so yeah there's there's less just getting punched in the face than there is getting your arm twisted off yeah
0: <laughs> I want to ask a couple more, and then I'll uh, and then I'll let you go. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, last night there was a there was an injury. Uh, sa- Saturday night there was an injury. Conor McGregor hurt his foot. You've thrown thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of kicks in your career. Um, as someone who probably more of an expert on this than anybody else, what uh, what was your take on that that foot injury? Uh, so I shared the
1: the uh, some footage on on my social media, on Instagram. Uh, you, can, you can see when, when Conan throws, the it's a high flake. And then you can see that the bone, um, it doesn't come through the skin, but you see it pushing on the skin as, as, as it cracks. And then as he goes to step down, you can see his leg uh, give out on him as he goes to weight there. And uh, from there he pushes with the teeth and the teeth, um misses. And then he goes to jump into the one, two, and you see the leg buckle and then get immobilized where he's stuck on the ground and the foot, his top of his body slides, but his leg's stuck in the position where, where he pushed off from um and then as you go back that's when it snaps so yeah if you, if you go to my social media you can see the video there but um yeah it's very it's yeah it's very unfortunate and it's i hope for a speedy recovery because i uh, know i want to see anyone seriously hurt if you win you win it's okay if you knock someone out you knock someone out but to have someone seriously hurt and be on the sideline for for a year or so we having operations it's just um yeah very very sucks
0: and then I'll ask one more question here. When all is said and done, I mean, you've kind of cemented your legacy as, as as one of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time. But when it all is said and done, what is it you want to be recognized for?
1: Uh, uh, so, so there's a gentleman, Raymond Dickers. He, he's the king. So if I could be a crown the prince, that'd be amazing. If I could be the, the guy that could be in Raymond's shadow and just say that uh, I follow Raymond's dreams. I, I followed his footsteps and got to accomplish so much. Um, uh, one some, I some, but the memories I made is just uh, unforgettable. Travelling the world, staying in hotels and sightseeing um, and being recognised. I'm more recognised overseas than I'm in my own country, which is bizarre, um, which is good sometimes too, because I, I had the, the fortune enough to go and train George St. Pierre uh, a few years ago and I was moving for two weeks and just to see the he can't walk down the street, he, every time there's a restaurant, he gets bombarded by people wanting um, photos, uh, just you see that sort of fame and, you, and you, you see that he's a prisoner of his own success. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy to be in Australia where you walk down the street, no one knows, knows who you are. It's awesome. Um, and then when you fight, you get, a, you get a standing ovation, you get a couple of pictures at the flights, but then besides that, it's just like it's normal. So um yeah, I, feel sorry, I feel sorry for the Connors and the, and the George St. Pierre's and yeah, that'd be hell. But it, it's fun at the start, for the first three days I'm going, oh, look at George, he's a superstar. Super and then like, after a few more days, you start realizing this doesn't turn off. In fact, it gets worse. Wherever it go, it gets worse. I'll I, I give you one more story. Um, we're in New York and, and uh, the gym was say, let's say 500 meters away. Um, and George wants to pull, call a taxi. He said, man, I can see it. Why don't we just walk there? He goes, if we walk from here to the gym, that's that's two hours. As soon as someone comes out, we're screwed. And he goes, matter let's do it and try it. And then sure enough, he takes five steps and bang. As soon as someone sees him, cars are screeching. to get out of their cars, they get photos with him. People are coming out of their houses. People are screaming from the different floors. It's like, oh, this is just bizarre. This is just, I was like walking with Jesus. It's like, oh, crap, <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. But, um, yeah, um, George and you know, the fighter, he was a uh, Canadian fighter of the year uh, three years in a row, so to, to not only be just a famous fighter, but to be the face of Canada for three yeah. years, it's like, you're pretty, bloody famous, <laughs> so, yeah, screw that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I mean, I'm from Canada, and George, to me, is one of the guys that got me into this sport, and uh, he's the only real Canadian MMA icon, I guess, there's Arjun Bueller who's doing great things as well, but for the most part, not as recognizable. Um, He's a superstar um, and as are you. And with that being said, I appreciate your time. I appreciate it uh, greatly and thank you very much. And I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity to have the chat. Thank you.